Welcome to the Urban Grace Weekly Podcast. Urban Grace is an inclusive ecumenical church in the heart of downtown Tacoma, Washington, that seeks to be a spiritual home for folks from all sorts of backgrounds. Come check us out Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the corner of 9th and Market. And of course, there are more details at urbangrace.org. morning. Today's reading is from Matthew 6, 7 through 13. When you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them, because the Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? Loving and compassionate God, we give thanks for your presence that saturates the earth, your presence that dwells among us today. We pray that we will awake to that presence and that we may hear your word for us. Amen. So, uh, two weeks ago, when I wasn't at church, uh, Emily and I were officiating the wedding of one of our really good friends. And, and I sort of officiate a good number of weddings, I think I'm doing four this summer. But this wedding presented a, a unique challenge. Uh, we weren't allowed to mention God or anything religious. Um, this dear friend who we love is uh, an atheist, and, and I'd never had this sort of particular rule in a wedding, but I'll be honest that it, it wasn't too challenging because uh, over the last couple years, I've uh, developed a wedding liturgy for like the, the spiritual but not religious set. Uh, so for example, rather than opening with a prayer, Emily had a moment of meditation and reflection. She asked everyone to Close your eyes. Feel your feet on the ground beneath you. The breeze on your face and be fully present. We shared a moment of silent presence together, offered thanks for life and for love and for the elements that sustain us. And that was sort of like our, our open. And on one hand, what was happening there wasn't that unique. That used a lot of actual biblical imagery and some aspects of Christian spirituality. Um, but there was something unique about that wedding and the other weddings that we've done that are somewhat similar. The, the big difference is that everyone loves them. We have found, I think it was the first time I did sort of like a spiritual but not religious wedding, I was overwhelmed by the number of people thanking me for the spirituality of the ceremony. It was like 
the most positive response I've ever had to a wedding. And over the years, I've sort of noticed that like, secular folks at the non-Christian weddings seem more excited about spirituality than Christians at Christian weddings. And I'd like to talk about why that is. Not so much why secular folks are drawn to spirituality, but maybe why Christians aren't. Based just on what I see in weddings, Christians seem less interested in spirituality. And I don't think that, that is quite true, but, but I also have a hunch that m many of us might struggle to have an engaged spiritual life. Like, I'm, I'm, be, I'm not going to be surprised if a lot of us don't pray very often, or when we do, it feels a little bit empty. And, and I'm not actually just even talking about urban grace specifically, but progressive Christianity as a whole. We spend a lot of energy talking about theology and talking about the Bible, and that makes sense. Because a lot of us have been hurt by the church. A lot of us have, have big questions about God and, and sexuality and hell and, and all kinds of other stuff that we learned as kids. And, and these questions have sort of been front and center. I mean, I know they have at Urban Grace. I know I've spent a lot of time and energy trying to like sort of gracefully reconstruct ways of doing church and ways of thinking about the Bible that, that bring life. But amidst all of our talk about God, we don't seem to spend a lot of time talking about how we connect to God. And I've, I've begun to wonder if, if sometimes folks slowly drift away from the church because their spirituality and the prayers that they always relied on just sort of don't mean quite as much as they used to. And, and, and while I sort of suspect and wonder if that might be the case, prayer is like, prayer is a global hum that, that dwells in every culture and in every country. God is, is happening all around us, and, and spirituality awakens us to, to God in our midst. So we are going to spend our summer taking a sort of a deep look at spirituality. Each week we're going to look at a different form of Christian spirituality that uh, will hopefully help us cultivate a spirituality that fits. And, and this is less of a one-size-fits-all, um, but more like a toolkit to help us feel an intimate connection to God. And, and that's sort of like what we're going to do for the next couple months. But today we're going to look at prayer, because prayer is the, the center of Christian spirituality. So I thought I would just start simple and ask, what is prayer? Uh, the dictionary defines it as a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. That, that definition feels about right to me. I, I know that the first thing that I learned about prayer when I was a kid is that I could ask God for help. 
my, my earliest memory of prayer as a little kid was I was sitting in church and I prayed as hard as I could that God would give me a hang glider. And yeah, like I have no idea what I thought my seven-year-old self would do with a hang glider, uh, but boy, did I want one. So, so I asked God, which like when I think of that, I, I probably sort of look back and chuckle maybe with a little bit embarrassment. But it, I think it also, I, I think there's something beautiful about it. Uh, I probably knew that if I asked anybody else for a hang glider, I'd get laughed at. But I felt like God cared. It felt safe to talk to God about this thing that I wanted that I knew I shouldn't want. And then as I got older, you know, I started reading the Bible and I went to Sunday school and I learned about the Lord's Prayer. I then, of course, was taught what a prayer of confession is. And then probably once I got to high school, maybe junior high, high school, I learned about Acts. So Acts is this simple formula of prayer where you basically, you adore God for being awesome. You confess that you're not awesome. You thank God for doing cool things. And then you ask God to do more cool things. I mean, as a somewhat glib take on it, but, but for me, I think especially as a youth, it gave me structure so I knew how to talk to God. And, and soon after learning that part, I learned that um, when I prayed like this, I should also read at least one chapter of my Bible and call it a quiet time. And, and this was actually, this was like a, a really great thing for me because it, it taught me the discipline of daily prayer. But it did not take me long to get bored with quiet times. I, I would sit down to do a quiet time, and, and five minutes later, I would not be praying. I, I would be thinking about like college basketball and the girl I liked and how cool it would look if I grew a mustache. Turns out, I didn't need God to tell me that this looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, I'm going to keep going, get that off the screen, bury it forever. I, I actually think it was, I, I think it was some sort of mustache growing contest where I won a Burt Reynolds DVD. I don't know. But, but around that time, around the time that I got sort of bored with quiet times, I also began to realize that my prayers didn't quite line up with what I believed about God. The prayers I'd been taught presumed God to be like a, a critical spectator sitting on a cloud, directing the action down at earth. And once I was old enough to really have a look at what was going on on earth, God seemed to be doing a pretty bad job of it. In short, I found prayer sort of boring, and I wasn't sure if I believed it did anything or not, so I sort of quit. Uh, it wasn't a, like a conscious decision, I just didn't pray that much outside of church. And, and now, I didn't tell anyone this, because felt shame about it. 
Like, obviously, I'm supposed to pray a lot, and I'm supposed to love it. And, and I think I might not be alone in this. Like, people rarely tell me, I, I don't really pray, I'm bad at prayer. And, and people rarely ask me, hey, I'd love it if you preached more on prayer. Even one of my, like, one of my favorite spiritual writers, Barbara Brown Taylor, I was, was reading uh, her, her book, In Altar in the World, it's excellent, um, where she was talking about prayer, and she talked about how she was afraid to admit that she was bad at prayer. Because saying, I love God, but I don't pray much, is like saying, I love life, but I don't breathe much. But there is some good news here. Like There is a whole world of spirituality out there waiting for us. And the church doesn't talk a lot about it, but it courses through our veins. For, for thousands of years, amazing Christian mystics have found God in all sorts of ways and through all sorts of prayer. And I actually, I use the, the term all sorts of prayer really intentionally and, and didn't say all sorts of prayers because prayer and prayers are different. At least there's a, a distinction that um, a Benedictine monk named uh, Brother David Steinel Rast explains. He, he says that, that prayers, prayers, plural, are like the Lord's prayer or the prayer of confession. They're words directed to God. But prayer is something much larger. Prayer is waking up to the presence of God no matter where you are or what you're doing. Sometimes that includes prayer with words, but sometimes prayer is simply cultivating an awareness that God is happening all around us. On the, on the 4th of July, I went to a friend's house, and, and we were doing our, our patriotic duty. We were sitting in the front lawn, drinking a beer, having a conversation about lawn care. And, and as we talked about the fence he just built, I noticed the size of this dug fir in his yard. And for just a moment, I stood in awe of this majestic tree. This great pine had to be 150 feet tall. This tree had been alive when my great-great-grandchildren were kids. And oops. <laughs> I'm going to try that one again. This tree, this majestic towering tree, had been alive when my great-great-grandparents were children. Through its life, this tree stood firm as, as chaos swirled beneath it, as the land was taken, as the deer and the bear fled, this tree remained. 
this tree inhaled carbon dioxide and exhaled oxygen, giving life to all creatures below it. So for for just a moment, I looked at this tree and I felt its sacred presence. For a moment, I I was awake to the presence of God in this little corner of creation. Simply put, I had a moment of prayer. And I didn't say any prayers, but I awoke to the presence of God in my midst. And this practice of of waking up to God has sort of given my spiritual life life again. And it's not just trees, but but all kinds of ways that I've learned and I'm I'm still learning to to wake up to God in our midst. And really, this this is a part, this is sort of my hope for our summer is that we can cultivate an awareness of God. And we're going to do that by looking at a different form of spirituality or prayer each week. Like next week, we're going to look at how our bodies and being in our bodies can connect us to creation and our creator. Throughout the summer, we're going to look at art and writing and music and scripture and Sabbath and prayers. And sometimes I'm just going to like like preach about these, but sometimes we'll try them out in church. Uh, And sometimes we'll even have opportunities during the week for some stuff that takes a little bit longer. And and one way that that you might want to think about this is that we're, we're like we're expanding the menu of ways to connect to God. Because I think for a lot of us, we were raised with a really simple menu with just sort of like one or two ways to pray. But the reality is that there are tons of possibilities and and spiritual practices that can help us wake up to God. And this is also, I want to say real clearly, this is not meant to uh, replace what works. Like if you have a spiritual life that is working for you, like you don't have to order anything new off the menu. You You can stick with what you have. And because I think my hope is that this is a summer of freedom and expansion for all of us. My hope is in the next couple months, we we have imagination and permission and instruction. Like imagination to see beyond the prayers we might already know. And and permission to, to admit if our spiritual life isn't working the way we want it to and and permission to explore new forms of spirituality, perhaps even permission to revisit some old ones. Uh, I I noticed this week I thought a lot about prayer, and I was writing all this stuff about how, you know, like I theologically, some of the ways like asking God for stuff, it doesn't quite work, and I don't know what to do with it, and then I realized I still do it. And, and, I think for me, it's, even though I, I struggle to reconcile the idea that God decides to answer some prayers and doesn't answer others, I still want to be heard. And maybe more than wanting God to fix everything, I just, I want God to know when I hurt. 
So it feels important and good for me to ask God for help, not knowing what it is. And I think even this process has helped me look back with gratitude. And, and so then in addition to like some uh, imagination and permission, we'll also try to do some instruction because it takes time and practice and guidance to cultivate new ways and new forms of spirituality. So as we embark on this spiritual gather, journey together, I thought I would close with a prayer. And, and it's a little bit less of a prayer asking for God's help and more of experience, a place to experience God in our midst. So I invite you to, to wake up to the presence of God. Let's, let's all start by just taking a deep breath together. Breathe in and out. Now close your eyes. Feel your feet on the solid ground beneath you. Take a moment and notice the sounds of the world around us. Notice that expansive silence between and beneath all of the sounds. As we hear the activity of children exploring the world, they yearn to understand themselves and feel loved. Now, take a deep breath through your nose and smell the aroma of an old building that's welcomed generation of spiritual seekers. Smell the fragrance of those around you still seeking and let your senses guide you to God. Now feel your body. Notice your body. Notice how you feel inside. Now take a breath with me. The air we breathe is life. Our oldest scriptures remind us that our creator gave us life by breathing into us. In the Hebrew scriptures, breath is the same word as spirit. For as we breathe in and out, we inhale the presence of God who is always in our midst. Amen.